Welcome to the New Author Podcast with your host, Jerry Evanoff. Jerry will take you through everything he's doing as he writes, publishes, and markets his first book. He'll tell you about his mistakes, his successes, and everything in between. Here's your host, Jerry Evanoff. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the New Author Podcast. Today is September 15th, 2019. This is episode number 44. Can't believe I'm 44 deep into this thing. That's pretty cool. I didn't think that I would have anything to ever say about anything that anybody would care about, you know, three or four episodes in, but we made it all the way to 44, which makes me happy. Um, I am uh, a host. I am Jerry Evanoff. And with me, as always, is my sister, my co-host, Lindsay Evanoff. Lindsay, how are you doing today? Good. Good. Just hanging out. Yeah? Yeah. How's your health? Everything okay? Oh, I messed up my back, but nothing the chiropractor can't fix. Okay. That's good. Didn't you do the chiropractic thing at some point in your life? No, I did massage therapy. Massage therapy. Okay. I couldn't remember. Okay. Yeah. Um, so this week, let me go right into the stats because it's my favorite part of this whole thing uh, because I love numbers. Um, my novella is up 1,673 words to 20,866. And I'm now, I don't know if you ever watched the TV show Community when it was on. No. Huh? Oh, I love that show. And they would always, in the show, I don't know how they did this, but in the show, they would always make references to six seasons in a movie. And then it became a hashtag on Twitter. Anytime anybody would hashtag about Community, it would be hashtag six seasons in a movie. Uh-huh. So I've coined my novella stats every week, hashtag onward to 25,000. So what happens so, when you get to 25,000? Oh God, if I'm not done, I'm going to be so annoyed. <laughs> so I'm Onward to 30,000. Yeah, exactly. I do have a couple chapters left to go, but I will say that, um, and I'll talk more about this in a little while, but I did, I did spend a lot of the week, you know, working on a couple chapters, creating new chapters. Cause that's what I do. And I also tightened up, um, a lot of the early chapters. Like I would be in like chapter 20 writing something and I would realize this would work a lot better if I set it up. So I'm doing the seating that I love doing so much. I'm doing the seating at the same time that I'm kind of writing this. This is something that wouldn't have been an issue if I had plotted this thing like I should have. Mm. I'm going to throw another hashtag out there and say and say hashtag never pantsing because <laughs> it just isn't good for me. Other people can do it. That's fine. But it's just not good for me. So um, I also connected a few things to it uh, based on my plot for book number four in this series, which I haven't Ooh. even written yet. So I'm really happy about that because it seems to... It makes my plot for book four that I came up with a week, a month or two ago make a lot more sense if I add a couple things into this novella. My only concern about that, and I'm actually curious your opinion, my only concern about that is it's almost like in the Star Wars universe, and I love the Star Wars universe, you know, at the end of the Solo movie, spoiler alert coming, Darth Maul made an appearance, uh-huh. and Darth Maul was actually killed in episode one. So I think a lot of people who watched it were like, wait a minute, what the hell? How did Darth Maul come back if he was cut in half by Obi-Wan Kenobi in episode one? And anybody who watched um, the uh, the Clone Wars cartoon series like me knows what happened and how he came back to, to be in that episode, in that end of Solo. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious if you think that that could be an issue where I'm going to put something into this novella that is pretty important for the plot to book four. And I'm curious if people don't read the novellas, do you think that'll be an issue for people who read book four? I think it's all all in the way that you set it up in book four. You're going to have to do somewhat of a a backstory hints, you know, Mm. about what happened. You can't just bring somebody in blind because then people will say, wait, what door did they come in? Okay. So that's interesting. So in book four, if I, 
almost like I'm going to recap the the little section of this novella. Yeah. Okay. Oh, because you know what? In in this, I will say in this, and I'm kind of thinking this out loud now for the first time. In that section of book four, I'm assuming that Peter and Anna will be together. And he can almost tell her, oh, by the way, this is what I did to be able yeah. to make this happen. Okay. Yeah. There needs to be some sort of flashback or backstory or something. You can't just have a character, you know, walk in the, the side door and say, hey, how's it going? Do you know the term, um, do you know the term deus ex machina? No. Why would I know that? Well, I, I don't know. I just like it. It's, it's, like a, it's like a writing thing where I don't know if you've ever read a book or watched a movie or, or watched a TV show where all of a sudden your characters, your, the main characters have this big giant problem and like out of nowhere, some, some magical thing happens that it is able to solve it. Okay. And it's called, it's called a deus ex machina. I think that stands for like the God something, the God answer. I don't know, something like that. I think it's hilarious that you didn't know what pragmatic meant, but you know sure. that. Shut up. <laughs> so, okay. Okay. We know my education. Um, so um, anyway, so, so I, I fear that um, what you were saying, which is if they, if the reader doesn't know what happened, like you said, you can't just have something come out of door number one or a person or whatever, then I believe that's would be thought of as a deus ex machina. Like, Oh no, they can't do this. Oh look, here's this thing. Yeah. And now they can do this and everybody's happy in the, story is solved. So I am, um, I'm setting it up in my novella. I probably would have set it up in book one had I thought I knew what it was going to be, mm-hmm. but it actually works really well in the novella, the way that I, that I'm setting it up. So I'm really happy about um, how that's going on. So how about you statistically, where are you at right now? Well, I'm only up 131 words, um, which doesn't sound like a whole lot, but there's been a lot of deleting. So it's, it's 131 words in this whole, um, editing processes is pretty big. Um, but now that I am a full-time writer, I will be adding a lot more. So neener, neener, you have to go to work tomorrow. Hate you. (laughs) Don't be jelly. Yeah. It's too late. I already am. I I really am. (laughs) Um, I'm excited when I get like, I took Friday off this past week and it was like really exciting just to be a full-time writer for a day. Yeah. And I I have at least two weeks. So yeah. We'll see. Um, so, okay. So I just, while we were talking here, I just, I just Googled deus ex machina and I want to give you the, de- the definition just because okay. I like, I like that term deus ex machina. I could say it over and over again and, and it makes me happy. Um, <laughs> it, first off it's Latin or Latin something from the Greek. I don't know how that works. It means God from the machine. It says deus ex machina is a plot device where, whereby a seemingly unsolvable problem in a story is suddenly and abruptly resolved by an unexpected and seemingly unlikely occurrence, typically so much as to seem contrived. I feel like That's Stephen the, King would hate that definition. Say the exact same thing you just did. <laughs> yes, Stephen King would hate those adverbs. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's that's that. Okay. So so those are your stats. I'm just curious. Um, only 131 words. You were doing a, a lot of deleting. How much did you? How much time last week? Tell me about last week. What did you? How much time do you spend uh, working on it? Um, at least three hours a day. Um, work was really slow, so I, I did some work on the book during work hours. Um, which you know, what are they going to do? Fire me? Um, I also sent out my first newsletter last week. Oh. Yeah, really exciting. It wasn't as hard as I thought it would be, um, but I announced the name of book one. Um, I only had 19 subscribers, and now I have 23, so I don't know if I should like 
put that newsletter on my webpage so that other people can see it? Or like, I don't know how that works. You, I, I talked to you about it and you mentioned a lot of technical words that I never fully understood. Um, so I'm just really not sure. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to, um, I'm going to not let people who didn't see the newsletter see uh-huh. the newsletter. Like if you're subscribed and you get a newsletter, let's say every two weeks, and then you subscribe six weeks later, you're just not going to see the old ones. That's fine. But it's a big announcement. It's announcing the name of book one. Yeah. I mean, that's true. I, I, the other thing that you could do is maybe in your next newsletter, you can, you can talk about it again. Um, you could say something like, Hey, you know, I, I last, last week or last month I announced the book. I just want to let everybody know that reluctant heart. Oh, should I have not said it? Oh, it doesn't matter now. <laughs> oh, can we edit that out? <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> okay. So, um, I'll let you say it. So I'm announcing the name of book one and, and you, you know, anybody who missed it because I've got some new subscribers, thanks for subscribing. Yeah. You know, here's the title and maybe here's what I did. Here's some, here's some that I threw away on, on the way to, to, um, to, to coming up with it. You might do that. If you want to send like a follow-up newsletter in two weeks, yeah. you could say something like, you know, Hey, by the way, here's a bunch of the titles that I didn't come that I use that I thought of that I didn't use yeah. as just an excuse to send out another newsletter yeah i have a list here of five and um i used title number two that actually jeremy came up with so it just seemed to be the best one and he was pretty happy that i picked the title that he came up with he so, came up with yeah i'm yeah, sure he started to say something like wow i can't believe i wrote a book and i'm like whoa 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 just because you <laughs> named it does not mean you wrote the book yeah <laughs> That's funny. Do you want to announce it real quick? Because I said most of it. Do you want to say it out loud or not? Uh, the name of book one is Reluctant Heart. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> any other any other recap from last week? I'm curious. You said you spent at least three hours working. Was that all at one time or was that throughout each day? Um, it really depended on the day. And I don't really keep track of my days like you do because they're never you know, constant like yours. Um, you know, let's see here. Friday, actually Friday, I didn't work on the book at all. Um, I worked until 1130 and then um, I had to box up my computers and take them over to FedEx. And then um, a friend of mine who also worked at the same job, um, we went and had lunch and I ate a big fat cheeseburger and I had a milkshake that had cookie dough and cake batter in it, like chunks. It was delicious. That sounds really good. Oh, it was so good. And then, you know, after that, I had parenting stuff to do. And I was just tired and sad because it was my last day of my favorite job. And But, like, I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday I had a good three hours in the workday um, consecutive. But I try to work on it after Kian goes to bed, too, just because it's a little bit quieter. And he's Kyra. here playing with my hair. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, Kian, do you want to say hi to our friends? Yeah. He said, hi. (laughs) All right. So in terms of, of my recap, um, it was, it was an interesting week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I did my normal writing at lunch. Um, odd thing happened to me Wednesday night. You know, I'm bowling on Wednesday nights now. Yeah. And for whatever reason, the score person decided to type Jeffrey instead of Jerry. Okay. In the, yeah. In the, in the scoring machine, whatever it's called there, the, the machine up, up above the lanes. Mm-hmm. So about halfway through the first game, the guy who runs the league came over and he said, Hey, you know, sorry about that. We'll have that changed next week. And I was like, hang on, I'm bowling pretty good here. Let's see how Jeffrey does. 
And at the end of the night, they said, uh, I announced in the middle of the third game, Jeffrey will be back next week. We're going to leave Jerry at home. So that's fun. Um, I feel like I if you were took- a hockey goalie, you would be the most superstitious hockey goalie in the whole NHL. Yeah, I'm really superstitious. Um, yeah, I know. But so are my- hockey goalies. So if you mix you with a hockey goalie, holy smokes. Yeah, my favorite superstition that I have is whenever I play poker, which is very little anymore, but back in the day we play poker and Bill had chips that only had the money on one side, the denomination on one side, and he would pass out your chips. And the first thing I would have to do is turn them all over. So they were facing one way. And then if, (laughs) if I started losing or I got beat on a bad hand, I would immediately go through every chip to make sure they were all turned the same way. Oh, and were they like, what if they were, then they never were. No, no, no. They never were. I'm not superstitious. It's actually, it's a true thing. It's real. Oh, okay. So yeah, is it like true. if you get out of the shower and you dry your hair before you dry your body, then something bad's going to happen? When when I was um, in the in the late 1990s, do you remember the, the group The Wallflowers? Yeah. So The Wallflowers CD came out and I really like Jacob Dylan and I really like One Headlight. It's one of my favorite songs out there. Uh-huh. Um, I listened to that CD three consecutive weeks on my way to bowling and did bad all three weeks. And then I had my little struggles that I talk about, you know, my previous life. Yeah, and yeah. I had this fear that, and, and that anytime I would hear a wallflower song, things Something would go bad really bad. Yeah. And it's possible that because things went bad almost every day, I could just say, Oh, I heard this wallflowers earlier. And that's why it went bad to this day. If a wallflower, some song comes on, I panic. If I'm in a grocery <laughs> store and I can't turn it off, like I panic, <laughs> like, Oh my God, what's going to happen? Seriously. <laughs> That is not a, that is not an untrue statement. I think you need counseling. Probably. So anyway, so I took an impromptu day off work Friday. Nice. Um, and I went. I, I ran a bunch of errands in the morning, and then I went in the afternoon, early afternoon. And I went to. Um, I always say the burrito place. I'm just going to name it. It's Hothead Burritos. And I got myself um, a quesadilla because I love quesadillas. And actually, that same day, I went out and bought a quesadilla maker, which is kind of oh, fun. Yeah. Yeah. A- and. Um, is Hothead then, near you or near your work? If it was Friday. It's near me. It's near oh, okay. me. I didn't go. I didn't go to work. Yeah, it's near yeah. me. Um, my work for you guys. Everybody knows it's sixty-five minutes away. So yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't. I, I've never before. heard of. I mean, I'm pretty familiar with where you live because you know um, I lived there for twenty-six years, but I've sure. never heard of Hothead. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's really good. It's it's uh, it's in the mall parking lot now. It's oh, by okay. Panera. Yeah. Yeah. So um, and then I came home and wanted to keep writing, so I took everything out back and grabbed the dog. Anybody who follows me on Snapchat, um, which is nobody who listens to this podcast, you can though, if you look for my name, I think you can find me, um, would see in my story that I did a little story where I, um, I, I sat back there and I, I had my dog and my Pepsi and my and your dog cupcake. was confused as to why you were sitting outside. He was so puzzled. He's like, what? You're not going golfing. Why are you outside? <laughs> yeah. So, and I did more writing and I finished another chapter and a half, which was nice. Yeah. Um, and then Saturday morning I went to Chick-fil-A and did some writing up there. And then this morning I had a golf outing, which was really fun. I, um, I played 18 holes. I shot a 94. And if you take my handicap and you subtract it, it was the lowest net score out of everybody. And I won a whole bunch of money. I think I netted out like $70 on all the stuff that I won. So yeah, I was really excited. So that was my week. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for this week. I'll talk about that later, but I'm excited for this week too. So yeah. Um, what kind of news do you have? Okay. So the news, that was a very good segue. We're starting to sound more professional every yeah. week. Yeah. yeah. Except when you bring it up like that, it totally nullifies the good segue. 
Right. But we're so adorable that people just let it go. Yeah. Just look at our cartoon. Exactly. Um, <laughs> okay. So I don't have a whole lot of news. Um, the only really thing that I want to talk about is my Amazon ad that I created last week. Oh, yeah. I'm really, really learning how to to do these Amazon ads, which is exciting because even though it's it's not working out really well right now, it is kind of neat to see all the different things you can do and all the statistics that you can see. You would be excited because over the last week, almost every day, I'm downloading Excel spreadsheets and looking Ooh, at numbers. Fun. Yeah. And I've got one here in front of me um, that's interesting to look at. So here's what I did. I set up, starting last sat, last Sunday morning, I set up an Amazon ad. It was a manually targeted ad and I'm, I bid 40 cents. And what I want to do is I want to explain what that means. Cause I, I don't know how many people who listen to this know what that means. I just know that before I started doing this, I didn't know what it meant to bid. I would hear people talk about bidding on podcasts and stuff I listened to. And I had no idea what it meant. It made no yeah. sense. So the way it worked was you go into this ad and you tell it, First off, you tell it whether you want Amazon to suggest the keywords. What they'll do is they'll suggest keywords based on the keys, the searches that got people to your page in the mm -hmm. past. Because they apparently keep track of all that. It's kind of scary. And and but the ones they suggested were like Evanoff, Jerry Evanoff, because those are what I tell people to search that I know as friends. Just search my last name and you'll find the book. Yeah. So I went in and I used um, Mark Dawson's ads for Amazon course to, and it shows you how to come up with these keywords. And I came up with like 750 keywords mm -hmm. and you can do a, a maximum of a thousand. So um, I had a list of about 750 and I put my, my bid at 40 cents and my budget was $10 a day. I want Amazon to spend $10 of my money every day. Mm -hmm. So here's the thing. What Amazon does this, somebody goes in and they type time travel. That was one of my keywords. So as far as I can tell, and I could be wrong here, I'm still learning this stuff, but as far as I can tell, what Amazon will do was they will look at all of the different people that, uh -huh. that use that keyword and whoever bids the highest, that's who they show. Right. And it could be that like they show the highest one at the top. Cause if you ever go to Amazon and you type a search, you'll see like at the top of your search results, you'll see one or two of them that are sponsored mm -hmm. at the bottom. You'll see a couple more. So it's possible that like my ads were showing up a few times at the top, a bunch of times at the bottom. Maybe they were showing up on the next page. I'm not sure yet how that works. I got to figure out how to figure, uh, uh, work that out. I don't know yet. So, so here's what I had. I had, um, for that week, I had 2,931 impressions, meaning my ad was shown 2,931 times mm -hmm. throughout, the, throughout the week. Now, whether that means it could have been at the bottom of the page and maybe the person that did the search never scrolled to the bottom. So maybe they didn't even see it, but it was put on the page. Yeah. Now I only had two clicks. So the way that Amazon charges you is they only charge you when you're clicked. That's it. When, when the ad is clicked, yeah. they don't charge you per impression. So of the $10 a day for seven days, total of $70, I only spent 62 cents. <laughs> One of the bids was 40 cents. Cause that's what I bid. The other one, for whatever reason, Amazon only charged me 22 cents. I don't know why yet they do that. There is a section in the ad where you can say like bid less if something happens. And I'm not sure yeah. what it was. So I only had two clicks. And obviously I only had two clicks. I had no sales off of it. Oh. So then you can look and you can say, okay, I spent 62 cents. My cost per click was 31 cents. And my, um, my impressions were, my clicks per impression were basically one every 1,500, maybe 1,400 and 
15, something like that. I was really annoyed by it. Like, I didn't know. I mean, 2,300 impressions and only two clicks makes no sense to me. But yeah, but so then I, well, okay, go ahead. Okay, so then I went to, I opened on Friday when I was when I was um, there. I opened up, so a couple years ago at, at 2017's, um, what's it called? The 20 Books Vegas conference, uh-huh. the very first one I went to. Um, Brian Meeks, who has a book called Ads, Amazon Ads for Authors or Ads for Author, whatever it is. He, he also has an online class that he charges $500 for. Well, I won a free mm-hmm. entry into that. But I hadn't opened it yet, and it's been two years. I'm sure a lot of it's outdated, but I think the ideas are still the same. So I opened it up and started, and I also bought his book. So I opened his book up and I started reading through his book. And he talked about how he had like one click per 2,000 impressions and one click per 1,500 impressions. So I thought maybe my two clicks per 2,900 impressions is normal. I, I don't know. Yeah. But after after reading the first few chapters of his book, I feel like it is normal. Hmm. So then what I did yesterday, wait, Friday night, late Friday night, what I did was he has a thing in his, it's like chapter three or chapter four, which is create, um, create bids. And um, so, or create, I'm sorry, create like your first ads. And he gives an example on how to create four ads. Well, I created three of them. So I created three more ads that are running right now. And what I did was I only bid 10 cents on these ads just because I want to see what kind of impressions it gets at 10 cents. Mm -hmm. And I only put the budget at $5 a day and I set it for two weeks. So at most I'm going to spend what $50 per ad per week, which is $300. But based on how much Amazon took of my money last week, I'm not, if I spent even a dollar, I would be surprised. Yeah. Well, it's such a low bid because like you said, if the higher the bid, the more they'll show it. Right. There's some kind of a balance there where you got to find like the right keywords to get put on the page uh-huh. that a lot of people aren't using, but that will also get clicks. And one of the things that I changed between the ad that I did last week and the three that I did for this next, and I, I set this up for two weeks. So the next two weeks is I changed around in Brian Meek's books. He talks about how to type a, uh, a good description uh-huh. and you only get, I don't know, 200 characters. It's like writing a tweet. It's like, how do you describe your book in a tweet? Yeah. And he gave this idea. So I rewrote my description. It's kind of the same, but it's a little bit different. Also, it has more action words and more mm-hmm. like you need to read this, you know, that kind of thing. So I'm hoping that I can figure out a way to make some sales off it because I haven't had one single sale since I raised my price to 399. Yeah. And I think the book is good and I think I can do it. I just got to figure out how to do these ads. So yeah, that's one of the things that I'm currently experimenting with and I'm going to keep doing this and I'll keep reporting on the findings each week as I go. Yeah. Um, I will say that as of right now, one of the ads, which is the one where I let Amazon suggest the keywords, it has zero impressions through two days. Mm-hmm. I have another one, which was, um, I'm not even sure now. I have two different ones here. One of them is a, oh, one of them is targeting, meaning I'm targeting certain authors and certain products. So like I went in and said, okay, I looked at the top hundred authors in time travel and in dystopia. I said, which authors are near the top? I typed them into the search. Then I found some of their books that are near the top that are time travel or dystopian. And I'm targeting those books, meaning if somebody types in that book, they should see my ad. Yeah. But at 10 cents, they might see somebody else's ad. I'm not sure. Yeah. That one only has two impressions. It's like like a gamble. Yes. What's that? It's like a gamble. Which I may have a problem at. So then the third one is actually the one with the most. This is the one that is just manual targeting my big list of 750 keyboards. 
it has 103 impressions through two days, but still no clicks. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure if my description is bad or maybe I'm expecting my click ratio to be too high. And this is just how it is. I don't, I don't know the answer. To that. I'm going to continue watching these Brian Meeks videos. I'm going to read his book this week. I think I'm going to try to read as much of it as I can. And I'm going to go in and, and watch some. He has a, his classes, his class is more for not necessarily advanced, but it doesn't have like a, Hey, here's how you do an ad. It has a, here's how you interpret your ad data basically. Yeah. But I'm going to go and watch some more of his stuff and see how it goes. So that's, that's you all really I have right to, now. You really need to become an expert at this um, before spring. Why spring? Because that's when I want to publish and I'll need oh. to know all of this information. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, you just keep listening to this podcast and, and you'll pick it up as we go. <laughs> Ryan's um, <laughs> I thought you were going to say, hey, it's because that's when your next couple books are going to come out. Yeah, totally. That's what I meant. Yeah, Absolutely. I'm sure. Yeah. So I think what I might do is if these ads are not getting any impressions, they're set for two weeks, but if they're not getting any impressions at the, maybe by next weekend, I might create three more that are exactly the same and just have a higher bid and just see what happens. Yeah. Um, I know there's a sweet spot somewhere. I just, I got to find it. So. I wonder if the sweet spot is different for each genre. Oh, that's a good point. I didn't think of that. You might be right about that. Um, it might be different for each genre. And I wonder if it's different for each I don't know about each book, but you know, the other thing that they do when you create the ad is they'll actually take your keywords. Like I put the one that I ran last week, I put 40 cents as my bid. And when you import your keywords, what they'll do is they'll go through all 750 of your keywords and they'll say, Hey, listen, you know, back to the future is pretty popular. If you're, if you want any impressions, you probably should put 60 cents here. Now you can leave it at 40, which I did, or you can manually change every bid for every keyword to be something different. If you want, it seems like a lot of work. Yeah, but, that would be a lot of work. Yeah, so I'm still looking for that sweet spot, but I will update you next week yeah. on where I'm at, and hopefully I can make a few sales off of it and, and figure out something. So, Yeah. That's pretty much all I have for news. I mean, I, I'm just writing the novella and, and tightening it up and making it better. Um, what about you? Um, so I sent the prologue and chapters one through five to mom which I didn't intend on doing until after I finished the whole thing. Um, but I was talking to her, I think it was Tuesday, and she was saying, just send me something. Just let me see what you're doing. Um, and so she's done the prologue and most of chapter one. Um, and I went back and I looked at her, her um, I hate to say corrections, because they're not really corrections. They're kind of suggestions and, and you know, to do, I guess I don't really know what to call it, but anyway, and um, I thought the prologue was just genius, and you laughed, and you rightfully laughed because there there's more marks on it than I wanted there to be. But everything she says is right. She, you know, it's true. It's right. Um, so I've been kind of working on this weekend looking at the prologue and um, taking note of what she says. I fixed a few things, but not too many. But I really just want to take what she's giving me so that when I'm working on the rest of the book, I'm not making the same mistakes over and over and over. And I mean, there's a lot. So obviously, I can't remember everything. But um, she's always right. Gosh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know one of the things I was doing is as she was sending it back to me, I started going through the the chapters before I would send it to her. Like you sent her chapters one through five. Yeah. I would have sent her chapter one. And then as she was, 
And then when she sent it back, I'd make changes and then send her chapter two. And then I would have gone yeah. into chapter three and made changes to it myself based on the things that she had said to me so that when I sent it to her, hopefully there was less to correct. Yeah. And that makes sense. But I didn't think of that until after she had already edited the prologue and, and she doesn't mind. I mean, nope. so it, it's fine, but it's just all of this stuff that she's doing with the prologue in chapters one through five. I can definitely look out for from chapters six to 30. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, and I think I mentioned before in other news that I am officially done with work. So I am now a full-time author. I mentioned that, right? Yeah. Seven or 8,000 times. Yeah. Oh, okay. Just wanted to make sure you were aware. No, I'm aware. Um, Okay. Oh, another bit of news. So I found out on Friday that people cannot subscribe to my newsletter from their phones. Um, I put it out Friday morning, you know, less than three hours until my newsletter comes out. And that afternoon, um, while I was having that delicious milkshake, I looked at Facebook and uh, a friend of mine from high school, um, she sent a message and said, hey, I can't click on the recapture button from my phone. So I'm wondering, you know, I put this out on Twitter. I put it out on Instagram. I put it out on Facebook. I wonder how many people weren't able to subscribe because they were trying to do it from their phones. Because really, people are on their phones more than they're on a desktop. Um, but I sent an email to MailerLite um, to find out how to get this fixed. And this was Friday late afternoon when I sent the email. So I don't expect to hear from them um, until this week. But they've always been super helpful um, with all of my technical difficulties. So um, I'll let you know what they say about that. Did you have any issues with yours? Subscribing, people subscribing from their phones? So, I mean, if they exist, I didn't get those. So I, I don't know. I never had any of those issues, but that doesn't mean they didn't happen. It's just nobody told me. Oh, okay. Um, it's weird because I got a ton of people to subscribe to my newsletter by asking you to share it, my Facebook post. Yeah. <laughs> so I would find it odd that I would get more subscribers from you sharing it than you did from posting it. Yeah. So, I, I had... Um in the month of September, when I, when I, you know, when I first started saying the title is coming, the title is coming, I only got five extra subscribers and I'm friends with over 400 people on Facebook and only five of them subscribed. Yeah. Um, but again, I, I'm wondering if more didn't try, but they couldn't click on that recapture from their phone. And, you know, people don't say I need to make a mental note. I must do this when I go home and get to my, my desktop or my laptop. So um, I'm a little bothered by that. I, I just wonder how many people I kind of lost or missed, you know, because of that. So hopefully Miller Light will get back to me and we'll get that straightened out. Um, then I can put another message out on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram um, that it's been fixed. So, oh. but yeah, if, if you share my stuff, that's okay too. Yeah. I wonder if it's, yeah, I will. I, I wonder if it's related to the WordPress theme that you're using. Um, I don't know enough about the code i mean the the code that you copied from MailerLite should be fine so i wonder if there's something about the the either the wordpress theme or did you copy everything you had to copy i guess i'm not sure i um, you know <laughs> i think the the gentleman that i'm speaking to via email at MailerLite um understood from my uh, first email that I have no idea what I'm doing when it comes to computers because he wrote back and said, I took care of this for you. So I didn't copy any codes. I don't know what these codes are. I don't know where to put them. Um, they did it for me because I didn't know what I was doing. 
Okay, that's hilarious. And I will say that, do you know how many times as an IT person for the last 20 years that I've actually wrote back to somebody and said, I'll take care of this for you? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's easier than, than explaining to that computer illiterate person how to yeah. do it. I told um, you, you took all of the computer knowledge out of the womb and left me I none. Did. So I really did. Yeah. Um, speaking of MailerLite, I just want to get back to something real quick that you had asked me earlier that I don't think I answered fully um, about the newsletter and what do you do for people who signed up late? Yeah. Yeah. What were all those technical terms? So the other thing that you should do, and I don't think you should do it yet. I haven't even done it yet. I'm, I'm not going to do it until my novella is finished, is you can go into MailerLite and if you, at the top of the screen, I think there's a button that says automation. Mm-hmm. And what you can do is you can set up a, they call it an onboarding sequence. I'm not sure if onboarding is a word, but an onboarding sequence where, where um, somebody, okay, so somebody, they sign up for your email list and they immediately get a, on the screen, a thank you for subscribing to my email, right? What you can do is you can set it up so that maybe a day later, they get another email that says something. And then maybe seven days later, and this is all automatic. You're not doing any of this. So what I would, here's what I'm going to do. What I'm going to do is I'm going to set it up and say, thank you for signing up for my email list. And then minutes later, I'm going to send them a second email with a link to the novella so they can download it for free. Yeah. And then maybe a week later, I'm going to send them another email that says, hey, here's a link to the novella just in case you didn't get a chance to download it the first time. And maybe two weeks later, I send them another email that says, hey, did you get a chance to read the novella? If you did, here's a link to book one where you can buy it. And then finally, another one some period of time later that says, hey, did you buy book one? If you did, here's where you can leave a review. And that's all um, like automatic and you don't have to, all you do is you set it up one time. And then from there, the only thing you may have to do is upload, I'm sorry, update like the landing page where they download the novella. You know, I'm going to probably put book two out there for free also to people on my list. So like once book two is done, I'll have to update it with the new link so that then somebody who signs up now they get a link to the novella and book two. Yeah. So that's, that was what I was talking about. It's kind of an onboarding sequence that you can set up that what it does is it reminds people to do stuff without you having to actually go out and and manually do it for that, you know, remind them each time it's on a time frame and it just, Uh it takes Hopefully it helps people review and buy. It's almost like another marketing, a way to market. So yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. I like so it. Um, okay, so I'm having I'm looking at the things I learned section of our outline mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. I don't have anything in there, and I was just wondering if you had anything in there. Yeah. Um, it's not really things I learned so much as something that I need to learn. I guess I have a lot of trouble writing from a man's point of view. Now, I've always heard that men are simple creatures. We are. But yeah, but I I just um, when I write from Charlie's point of view, a lot of mom's feedback is he sounds like a girl or that's not manly or, you know, what kind of wuss says that or, (laughs) you know, whatever. Um, So I really need to figure it out. And I asked Jeremy about it. He's overly manly, so the words that he says I will not put in my book. <laughs> he looks like a transformer. Somebody told me that once. A transformer? Yeah, because he's so big. Yeah. Um, my my friend Adrian says that he looks like uh, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, only he's that's white. Fair. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, so his, he was not helpful at all. Um, <laughs> so I need to figure out how to write from a man's point of view. Um that's, that's a little tough for me because I'm not manly. I don't even know if I have any suggestions. For, oh, neither am I. I don't know if I have any suggestions <laughs> for that um, because I've never seen, um, I've never seen like reference material 
you know, that, you know, you have the emotion thesaurus that I love yeah. and that I think you bought and I have yeah. all those. There's no, the testosterone thesaurus. Right. And, you know, I've Googled it, you know, how to write from a man's point of view and everything. It basically says the same thing. Like men aren't going to pay attention to detail or they keep their feelings bottled up. They're going to notice the most general things on the outside and they're going to say the fewest words possible. And and what did I text you when you when you texted me this question? Uh, you said boobs and football. There, done. Now you can write <laughs> like a man. <laughs> but I'm writing a romance, so I can't have Charlie say, "Hey, nice boobs. Do you want to go watch football?" I'm gonna write that down and see if that works later. <laughs> New pickup line. <laughs> it might. It might. You know what? It might work. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't really know what to say. The only thing that I would say is. Um, if there's anybody out there listening who might have had this problem, who has any suggestions. Yeah. How do you overcome this? Yeah. What did you do? Let one of us know. Let Lindsay know, actually, because I already know how to write like somewhat of a man. Um, <laughs> let one of us know. Let us know. And, and maybe we can figure this out. Yeah. Because I have a lot of chapters from Charlie's point of view. So I can't I can't have a, a little sissy man going after a woman because. And they sound like you would you would never know who was talking, you know, in the dialogue sections, you would say, well, which one is that? Um, OK, so maybe um, maybe Google characters voices. Yeah, I, I've done that. Um, I would say in this case, maybe not necessarily worry about um, the, the man's POV, more about just creating individual voices do you who i mean do you have anybody in mind for this character no and you and i have talked about this numerous times but i can't find you know i don't really watch a whole lot of tv anyway and i think maybe that's the downfall um but the shows that i do watch are big bang theory no Um, not a no not good and i watch dancing with the stars uh no um let's see here i do like the andy griffith show I mean, I don't think you want Charlie to be Barney Fife. Or Andy Griffith. Or Gomer or Goober. Or Mayor Pike. I mean, yeah. So, yeah. and I also like to watch the Golden Girls, which the title itself will tell you that's not going to be any help. Um, so I think I need to kind of expand my horizons and maybe I'll, you know, I do enjoy the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy movie. So maybe I'll watch that and, and see if I can pick up anything from, what's his name? What's his name? Chris. Uh, Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt, yeah, I don't know. What about um, what about a Hallmark movie? Uh, I don't think I've ever watched one of those. Oh my god, I've watched so many of them. <laughs> There's just something so backwards about this conversation right now. I know, I know. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think we'll, we'll we'll have to figure this out. This is a good question because I I'm probably I'm guessing that you're not the only person who's ever had this issue, especially first time writers. So I'm, well, I'm thinking I would that. Hope not. Um, yeah, I'm thinking that there's some way around it. You know, what's funny is my first book is written from two different points of view, and they're both men. But my second and third book are both written from one point of view, and it's a woman. So now Did I'm a little bit... you have any trouble with it? Not writing the first draft. Not that I know of, but nobody's read them. Oh, mom hasn't gotten a hold of it yet? No, nobody has seen them except me. You know, also, though, I think that oh, a woman who... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not talks like a man, but... Um, like like tomboyish. Yeah, it's more acceptable than a man who would say things that girls would say. Oh, no doubt. It's, it's really a double standard. Oh, it absolutely is. So happy yeah. that I'm on this side of it. 
<laughs> you know, I would say for my book too, um, I wrote it with a specific person in mind. I used to work with her and I told her one day um, after she had quit and then she came back like a year and a half later over Christmas just to visit. And mm-hmm. I told her, I said, by the way, I have a character in my book that is you. And she kind of looked at me. I, I, I said, not named after you. It's you. It is actually <laughs> you. And she kind of went, she was kind of surprised and, and laughed. And yeah. And uh, yeah. So that was a little bit easy. The third book, though, I never really, I mean, I had two different people in mind because this character kind of goes through this transformation through, throughout the book. And um, actually, it's the other way around. Book three was written about the girl I used to know. Book two is written about this character who I came up with a character from uh, some old TV show or movie or something. And then in the second half of the book, she has like a whole new, I don't know how to say this right. So I'm just going to say body. Um, it's its a weird story. Um, and I patterned her after a character from an old episode of the X-Files. So, um, you know, I, I think I will say for my first book, I feel like I'm rambling here, but for my first book, one of my characters, I really didn't know how to make his voice. So I picked a guy at work that I know, and he's just a random guy. He has, I don't know him that well. I talk to him every now and then. And I went, yeah, his attitude, that's my character's attitude. Oh, yes. I I need to watch more TV. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anything, um, what, anything else you learned? No, that was the, the biggest thing. So what are you, uh, what are you doing this week? Uh, so this week, um, tomorrow, hopefully I am going to the chiropractor first. Um, I also have a, a job interview for that TEFL, that teaching English as a foreign language. So I have that in the morning. Um, but then I just have all day and I'm going to work on mom's edits of the prologue in chapter one. Um, and then throughout the week after, you know, I'm going to keep up with what she's doing just so that I can learn as I go. But then I'm going to get back to chapter six and try to figure out how to make Charlie manly without being unlikable. There, there's been so far just about everything mom's read. She said she doesn't like Charlie. So, um, I need to work on that. Do you want me to read any of it? What's that? Do you want me to read any of it? Didn't I just send you? What did I just send you? You just sent me. You sent me an outline. An outline. Um, Yeah, maybe. Maybe I'll um, work on chapter six and get your get your uh, thoughts. I can use my um, I can use my many many hours of watching Hallmark movies. There you go. For something useful, finally. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, I'm just gonna keep plugging along at the edits and and um, work on Mom's adjustment. Um, I basically have from eight a.m. until four p.m. of Peace and Quiet. And I don't really have a schedule like from these hours I want to do this and these hours I want to do that because I've never done this before. I've never been a full-time writer, so I need to kind of work it out. So, um, But I also need to find a cover artist. Um, I did email one person, and, and she wrote back, and she seems pretty good, but um, honestly, there were a lot of misspellings in her email response, which makes me a little nervous. Like, her work was fantastic, and she comes highly um suggested but if you don't spell words correctly in your email eh, i just don't know so i need to find a cover artist so if there's anybody out there that um, has a wonderful cover artist that they love please email me and uh, give me some contact contact information because i really need to find something now that i have a title for book one um i really want to get a title or a, a cover out there 
Um, I will say that one thing you could do, and this is where I found my editor, is you can go to the 20 books Facebook group. Yeah. And at the very top of the group, there's a frequently asked questions. Uh-huh. Um, you can click on that and just search for the word cover or something like that. Yeah. And there'll be a link in there to a subsection of the 20 books, which is where probably somebody went in and said, hey, cover artist, post your info here. Mm-hmm. And there'll be a whole list of them that you can go through. They probably leave their websites, links to their websites. And, um, and if you go to their website, you can look in examples of, of what they do. Yeah. And um, yeah, that, I, that's probably what I would do. That's how I found my editor. And it, it, I'm very happy with the way that worked out. Well, another thing that I did, because I had this cover in my head that I think I told you about it and it had people on it, but I also went to Amazon and um, I searched the top 100 romance authors and the majority of them didn't have people on their covers. It really? was kind of a design. And, you know, who is it? Um, oh, Jenna Moresi always says, you know, if there's a su- successful author and you want to be a successful author, do what they do. Um, and I noticed that the majority of them, I would, I would say at least 85% of them do not put people on their covers or, or it might be like a little cartoon kind of person, depending on the author of the book. Um, so I I need to rethink this cover design. What list did you look at? I went to Amazon and I put in top, um, 100 romance authors. Really? I'm surprised to hear that. I thought I've seen a lot of covers over the last few years when I'm, when I'm doing all this and I always thought they all had people had people on them. Not the, uh, not the top 100. I'm going to have to look that up. Okay. You don't believe me. I'm just confused by it. <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm shocked to hear that because uh, I hear what it, it, you just type romance. That's it. No, I put top 100 romance authors hmm, okay. and I did a Google search for um, best-selling authors and I, looked at their covers and most of them don't have people. Okay. This is a lot of the, a lot of the historical romance will have people as you know, it's the women in the big dresses and you know, the men in the hats or whatever. Um, but for contemporary romance, not so much. So I pulled up a list just now, the top 10 and there are a bunch of them that do well, there's like maybe half of them and it's always the same. It's always the bare chested guy. Yeah, I that's not the style of my book. Okay, I wasn't. I mean, sure. that's not to say Charlie doesn't look good without a shirt on. He's got muscles and tattoos, and hello, muscles and tattoos. He's but, not real. Oh, what? What? Sorry, he's not real. Oh, that's that's yeah. disappointing. Disappoint. Yeah, it is. But still, muscles and tattoos. I mean, sure. really. So, um, anyway, I need to rethink my cover. Hey, do you know anything about Skillshare? Okay, so Skillshare. I believe it's a lot like Udemy, which is one that I, I actually um, have bought stuff from, or there's another one called Teachable. And it's really just a website where it appears, and I could be wrong because I've never looked at Skillshare's website, but I, I've seen a lot of stuff about them, where it's basically just a place where somebody creates a course, whether it's a series of videos and PDFs or whatever, and then they put it up there and then they charge some amount of money to buy it. So um I would say that if you're looking to buy something off of there, um, you know, it's probably no different than buying something off of Amazon. Look at the reviews, look at the stars, yeah. look at the ratings. I've bought three, four or five different writing tutorials off of uh, Udemy, which is my favorite one. And I've also bought some computer programming ones off of there too. So I have a, a pretty nice little library. In fact, I think I bought something off of there a couple of days ago off of Udemy that I haven't opened yet. Um, if it's fairly cheap and you think you might get something out of it, I say, buy it and 
The ones yeah. that you bought from Udemy, do you feel they were worth it? So I bought one on uh, how to write a mystery, uh-huh. which eventually I'm going to write a mystery. Um, it's going to be based on my four weeks in N- Nebraska. Um, that will be worth it. The other ones, and I'm looking at them now, I'm looking at my, my courses now. Um, there's like, there's a WordPress one in here that I really liked. It gave me some tips. Um, there's one in here on copywriting that I plan on mm-hmm. going through, but I haven't yet. Uh, the couple of computer programmings I, I did were great. I mean, I really like those. Yeah. Um, so I would say it, it's a kind of thing where, you know, Udemy will do this thing where they'll have a $99 course that will be on sale for 10 bucks. And when that happens, I'll usually go in and buy one or two. And so in my opinion, even if I only get a little teeny bit out of it for 10 bucks, it's not that bad. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Hey, you know what you should write a mystery about? What? Or a week in London. Oh, that could be fun. Last February. Yeah, I don't know what the what it would be because I would I would need a, a victim. We witnessed a crime, and okay. so now people are looking for us because we witnessed the crime. But the bad guys like know that we witnessed it, and then they're after us too. Oh my goodness! This sounds like an action more than a mystery. No, I like well, it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna write it down. Genres mixed up. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna write it down because I, I do like the sound of it. Um, yeah. So that's, that's my opinion of Skillshare. Okay. I might, I'm going to have to check it out more. I've been hearing more about it the more I dig into this whole writing thing. Um, and there's so much that I don't know. And, you know, maybe there's something on there about writing from a man's point of view. Can't hurt to look. Oh, there very well could be actually. Cause those are created by just normal people. Like you could create one. Like if you, if you were to do that Tefl thingy, yeah. um, you could actually create three or four um, video se- series. Let's say it's, you know, 30 minutes each. Here's the basics. And then you could throw it up there for like 10 bucks and it just sits there. And if people want to buy it, they buy it. And if they don't, they don't, you don't have to market it. You don't have to do anything. Yeah. For it. Um, yeah. I mean, any, so I, if some, that's something that somebody ran into as a problem or who knows, maybe if you figure out how to do it, you could make it a little I hour long. Make the video. Yeah. So, yeah. So what so, do you have going this week? So for me, um, I wrote into the outline that I was going to say when I started my writing journey, but I hate the phrase writing journey so much. You hate anything that most people say like yeah. manuscript. Yeah, that's true. I don't like those words cause they sound so writing journey sounds like, like this out in the stars, hard uh, thing that I'm doing my journey. I hate that. It's so stupid. It's just <laughs> hippie ish. I don't know. I, I don't know. Okay. I just don't okay. like it. Um, but when I did start my writing journey, I had a routine and um, it worked really well for me, you know, for a good two years, year and a half, maybe, where I would have my Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, yoga, Friday, I would write at lunch, I'd write on the weekends and everything was great. And I finished my first novel that way. And then I started working on this novella and, you know, a bunch of months before I started traveling to, to Nebraska every week, it all hit where I was working weekends and I wasn't always getting the writing at lunch that I wanted. And even when I was, it wasn't the best writing because I I didn't work on the weekends and Mm -hmm. it really has slowed me down. It's really the big reason that this novella is taking as long as it is. And I will say that this week for the first time since before February, I get to do that routine. Um, Mm -hmm. Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday, I have my lunch Wednesday night. I bowl. Um, Thursday, I'm going to do yoga Friday. I'm going to do lunch 
And Saturday morning, I'm going to write at Chick-fil-A and I might write in the afternoon. I probably will. And then Sunday morning, I'm going to write at Panera. Um, I'm very excited about this. I'm, I'm hoping yeah. it's something that sticks for a while. Um, cause it is something that really got me through that first year and a half of writing that book and editing and everything. And, you know, I love routines. I've said it before. I love having a routine. I hate when things get shaken up. Even this golf outing tonight. I love golf. I love doing it in the summer. It's so much fun. Um, today is, is one of my favorite days cause the outing is a whole lot of fun. It's basically you go in. I love the breakfast sandwiches at this golf course. So I had my breakfast sandwich. <laughs> I played nine holes. I played really well. I got a free hot dog at the turn. I played um, nine more, came in. We had prizes. We had steak dinner. It's just a good time. But I, I hate not being home on the times that I feel like I'm usually home. And this yeah. was one of them. And so I'm glad that next week I finally have a regular routine. And I've decided that because of that, I'm going to give myself a deadline. And I suck at deadlines, but I'm going to give myself <laughs> a deadline. The problem is, is that if I don't meet the deadline, who cares? I said it to you guys, but you guys already know that I suck at deadlines. So what's the, I don't really have any good kind of punishment if I miss the deadline. So here's what I'm thinking. I'm wondering if you have any ideas of a good punishment for me if I miss the deadline. Yes. Okay. Lay it on me. I'm scared. If you miss the deadline, you are not allowed to eat any carbs for seven days. What? Right here. No what's a, carbs. What's a carb? Bread, pizza, French fries. Um, the carbs are in a lot of things. So you're basically going to, you're going to have to Google some keto res, uh, recipes because no carbs for seven days. So I had a biometrics test last week at work mm -hmm. and it's where they draw blood and then, uh, they draw blood and then they run the blood into this little machine. And then a thing comes back and says, here's where you stand with all these things like cholesterol. And I don't even know the rest yeah. of them where there's like 10 or 12 different things. And as I watched her, um, as I watched her put the little marks on the sheet where I fall on the scales, like red on each side, left and right, green in the middle. Cause you know, they mm -hmm. want you to be between a certain number and a certain number. Yeah. Yeah. I was green in every single one of them including yeah. cholesterol, which is shocking to me. <laughs> and I said to her, are you telling me that I'm going to be able to keep eating like I eat? And she said, yeah. Unless you miss your deadline. So this is really hurting me. I'm going to accept your challenge. Okay. But what I'm going to say is what I'm going to deliver, and I'll even email you the link to it so you can look at it if you want to. What, what I'm going to deliver will be a full draft, finished the only thing that won't be finished will be, I need to run through it one more time and just story grid it and make sure it makes sense. Yeah. So this is kind fine. of like a first draft, except I've worked on chapters over and over again, but this will be a full draft. Okay. And what's now listen, who are, who are you normally with? So you have your bowling people. Yep. You have some work people. Yes. Uh, one of the conditions of this is you must tell one to two people in all of your circles that you are not allowed to have carbs. Well, and I know who one of them will be. Email me at Lindsay at .com and let me know if you did. I know who one of them will be because that's an easy one. I know who two of them will be. Uh-huh. Well, one of them is easy. Two of them. I got a second one at work. So I got two at work that I can that I can put out there. But at home, you know, I'm by myself. I don't really – I can tell 
the dog, but, but I don't. But if you eat carbs, the guilt will just eat eat oh, at you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I won't. I'm not a cheater. I won't cheat at this because right. I. But it doesn't matter because I'm gonna get it finished. So. Okay. Well, I'm just saying. Hey, you know what's really funny? What? So you know how cholesterol? You have your HDL and your LDL, and the HDL is the good cholesterol, and the LDL is the bad cholesterol. Is it the other way around, or is that right? No, it's LDL lousy. I always oh. remember LDL for lousy. Okay. Um, that was a Dr. Ozism from like 10 years ago. Anyway, um, I'm a fit person. Um, I eat fairly well, not counting the milkshake and cheeseburger I had last Friday at the rookery. And I also exercise often. And my LDL is off the charts. Too high? Yeah. Huh. Isn't that weird? That is weird. You don't exercise and eat well, and yours is fine. Well, I mean, I do bowl. So I run. Oh, you run? Oh, yeah. And lift weights and stuff. Yeah, I don't do any of that. Yeah. So I wonder why my LDL is so lousy. I don't know. You think it's like a genetics thing? Probably. You got it from the dad's genes, and I got it from the mom's? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, mine were fine. In fact, last year, my LDLs were just like right on the border. And this year they're right back in the middle. And I, I mean, I changed my diet a little bit, especially back when I was dieting first half of the year where Mm. I was eating more salad than anything else. And, um, but the last, I mean, ever since I started traveling in July, my diet has been garbage. Yeah. And, um, but my, my, everything's okay. So that's good. Huh. Interesting. Anyway. (laughs) That was, we really veered off the track there, didn't we? (laughs) That had nothing to do with writing. (laughs) No. All right. So that's the end of the podcast. Do you have anything else? No, huh? Okay, that's going to be the end of the podcast for this week. If you have any questions or comments for us, you can email me at jerry at jerryevanoff.com. You can find my website, jerryevanoff.com. You can find me on Twitter at jerryevanoff or my Twitter handle, jerrye25. Um, And and I'm serious about the Snapchat thing. If you want to find me on Snapchat, I think if you just search my name, jerryevanoff, and I think my Snapchat handle is jugdish1925. I think, but I'm not sure. I'm trying to go to it really fast while I talk but it's not going so well. Um, <laughs> and, and, and like we said, uh, Lindsay's question was, how does she learn to write better from a man's point of view? If you have any questions or I'm sorry, if you have any solutions, any suggestions, please tweet at her or tweet at me and I will send it to her. Um, I would appreciate it. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, so you can email me at lindsay at lindsayevanoff.com if you have any suggestions, if you have any questions, or if you see Jerry out there eating carbs, if he doesn't uh, make his deadline, make sure you let me know. Um, you can find my webpage, lindsayevanoff.com. I'm on Facebook, facebook.com slash author, And I'm on Instagram at author. And I finally set up Twitter. And for some reason, my name on there is Evanoff Lindsay. I don't know if I if I can change that, if that's something that they just kind of gave me. Um, but yeah, it's it's at Evanoff Lindsay. Okay. All right. So that's the end. Um, if you like the podcast, if you're happy with the podcast, please give us a review on Apple and iTunes and all that stuff. I know that stuff helps us get to the, the higher up in the search results. Um, leave us a comment on the podcast page and we will read it. Uh, on the podcast, which means I have to check that every now and then, which I'm terrible at doing. And uh, I'm going to use your catchphrase. I'm going to use your catchphrase this week. And I'm going to say until next week, have a good one. Thanks for listening to the new author podcast. Check back next week for another episode. And for more information, check out Jerry's website, 
at www.jerryevanoff.com.